0: is David Spell, and this is the podcast where we talk about practical leadership, team building, theology, and how to create winning habits. I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Don't forget to stick around until the end of the episode for this week's Productivity Tip of the Week. Today, we're going to be dealing with a question, why are small groups so important for your church? I don't know of any successful churches that do not have some type of small group program. Now, in more traditional churches, often the Sunday school program, the Sunday school classes function as small groups within the larger church. Other churches refer to small groups as connect groups, discipleship groups, Life groups, dinner parties, or just plain small groups. But no matter what we call them, they are very important for the life and the health of your church. I actually just got back from teaching a, a two-day course on, on connect groups and training connect leaders at one of our churches um, just outside Sao Paulo in Brazil. And, um, and, and I actually gave several different reasons about why Small groups are so important, and I'm going to share those with you right now. The first one is this. Small groups have been shown over and over again to be one of the primary ways that you can grow your church. First of all, they provide an entry point for people to come in. Uh, Some people just aren't comfortable coming into a traditional or even a non-traditional church setting. But if their friend invites them to a, to a get-together, even if they know it's a church get-together or some type of uh, meeting affiliated with a church, often they're more open to that because it's going to be a smaller meeting. So it provides an entry point for people to come in, to meet people, to get a feel of what kind of church you are, what kind of people you are, and it's a great way to start. They're non-threatening. Um, they allow people to come in, and, and um, if they're done right... They're not going to be preached at. They're not going to be condemned or judged, but um, they're going to be able to make some friends. And, you know, making friends is one of the keys to helping people stick and to helping people really get involved in a church. Um, If somebody comes to a church and visits and doesn't make any friends, it's not very likely that they're going to stick around. So, so connect groups or small groups provide a great place for a non-member to connect with members and make friends. It's a great retention point. And then also connect groups grow the church because they provide an opportunity for, for non-members or people that are just exploring your church or thinking about coming to ask questions. You know, often people have questions about church in in a, in a church setting, in a church service, Um, often there's not the opportunity to ask those questions. And connect groups provide a wonderful opportunity for people to ask what kind of church you are, to ask what you believe, and to ask questions that are on their minds. So so connect groups grow the church. Uh, Number two, connect groups are very important because they provide most of the pastoral ministry within the church. You know, reality is most people's problems, and I'm not belittling belittling anybody's problems. This is spoken from from over 30 years of pastoral experience. Most people's problems would be solved simply by getting involved and staying in church. And then on another level, most people's problems would be solved by getting involved in a connect group and then staying there, getting really plugged in. And then Thirdly, the third thing that actually helps people solve their problems is serving. There's just something about um, serving other people and getting our eyes off ourselves that helps us put our own problems in perspective. Now, that's not to say that people don't have problems and and, and need to talk to somebody from from time to time. But in any church, uh, really, I'd say over 50 people. Once you get over 50 people, it's very, very difficult for the pastor to take care of everybody. And at 100, Um, If you don't have some type of system in place for for pastoral ministry, then then there's people's problems that are going to drop through the crack. And Connect groups provide an incredible place for this pastoral ministry to take place. Um, Connect leaders and even the Connect members learn to help people work through their issues. What we've found and what I've seen over and over again is in a smaller setting, people often feel comfortable in opening up and sharing some of the things that are going on in their lives. I've even had couples in a small group setting with other couples there Talk about how they were, you know, going through some kind of crisis in their marriage, and ask us to pray for them. And as they shared and talked about, you know, what what they might be going through, another couple might say, "Well, you know, we went through that a few years ago, and here's how we dealt with it." And, and another couple might say, "Well, you know, we had to go through counseling a number of years ago because of some problems we have." And all of a sudden, this couple that's in crisis realizes that they're not alone. There's other people that have been through what 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 they're going through now, and that can help them. And so it takes the burden of pastoral ministry off the senior pastors. Of course, if there's a bigger problem, if there's something that the Connect leaders can't handle, of course it can be passed up the chain of command and, and, and you know, um, the people can get some more in-depth help. But the Connect groups provide a great place for, for 90% um, or even more of, of the problems that people have and would seek pastoral ministry for. Connect groups also are the primary way that we make disciples. You know, Jesus' last command was go and make disciples of all nations, and his last command should really be our first priority. And it's in, it's in a discipleship group, it's in this, this close uh, connection with other people that we learn what it means to live out the Great Commission. Um, we learn what it means to really follow Jesus. We're able to talk about it um, in an in-depth way in in a, in a small group that we, we we would not get in a bigger church service. Um, so that's what one of the questions we want to ask is, what does it mean to really follow Jesus? I mean, it's nice to be in church, and it's nice to be in, you know, connect group with our friends, But but what does it mean to be a Christian at work? What does it mean to be a Christian at school? How can I be a disciple of Jesus Christ and live out my faith on a day-to-day basis. And that's one of the things that uh connect groups should help us to, to understand. Um, and also in this discipleship process, um, what does a healthy marriage look like? What does it mean to to, to raise children in a in a Christian home? Um, healthy parenting. You know, there's a lot of dysfunction in the world today. There's a lot of, um, uh, you know, interesting mindsets and thoughts about relationships and marriage. And, and you know, the, the, the Bible should be the place where we go first. And in a connect setting, these are things that we can talk about and not only talk about, but also see modeled and, and, and see good examples. It's, it's one of the beauties of being in a great connect group is you see people that might be a little further down the road that you, than you are and that you can model your life after. Um, Also in the same vein, how do Christians resolve conflicts with other people? You know, conflict is one of the things that destroys so many churches. People get offended, and then they leave. People get offended, they go to another church. People get offended, and the church splits. But how do Christians and how should Christians resolve conflicts? What does the Bible have to say about that? Where can I serve in my church? This is a real important part of discipleship, is serving. How can I serve? What's an area that I can serve? And you've used my gifts and talents to help build the church. Um, How can I effectively share my faith throughout the week? You know, what are some ways, some concrete ways, that I can engage people in conversations about their spiritual lives? So, So connect groups, number one, as we said, help us grow the church. Number two, they provide most of the pastoral ministry in the church. Number three, they're the primary way that we make disciples. Number four, connect groups provide the family structure for the church. You know, Sunday services are a wonderful weekly celebration. They're like a big party. You know, we come together, we worship, we sing, we... We, we pour out our hearts to God. We see so many of our great friends. We get to catch up on for a few minutes. We meet new people. We hear a great message to inspire us, to challenge us, to um, allow the Holy Spirit to convict us, whatever it might be for that week. And, um, you know, we, we really enjoy that big celebration. But the Connect Groups provide the setting for people to really do life together. We get to know what's going on in these other people's lives. They become our friends. That we become close to them. We 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 know what's going on in each other each other's worlds. We know if somebody's um, having trouble at work. We know if somebody's having trouble with their kids. We know what's going on, and we know how to pray for them. And so it creates this family atmosphere where we when we get together. We say, "Man, how's it going at work? How's it going with your kids?" And and we we really do um, want to create this family atmosphere because that's what the church is. It is a family. And then number five, connect groups provide a great environment for training people for ministry. You know, other leaders can be developed. Um, You know, leadership isn't just something that, that people are born with. Leaders can be developed. And connect groups provide a wonderful setting to train and develop other leaders. First of all, every Connect leader should have an assistant. If it's a couple that's leading the Connect group, there should be another couple that's assisting them and being trained and developed with the idea of leading their own Connect group one day. Um, if it's a single person that's leading a Connect group, they should be they should have another single person that they're training to to also lead a Connect group one day. Um, this is a place for pra- people to practice using their spiritual gifts. Um, you know, some people are, are very shy even about praying for other people. But I found in a connect setting, in a small setting, even the shyest person might be willing to pray for their friend. And so it gives them an opportunity to exercise a spiritual gift there. Um, it might be an opportunity for somebody to get a chance to teach sometime and, 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 and practice that gift. And so there's, there's so many opportunities for people to have their, their leadership gift developed, to have their spiritual gifts developed inside a connect setting. So just to recap, Connect Groups help us grow the church. They provide most of the pastoral ministry within the church. They are the primary way that we make disciples. Connect Groups provide the family structure for our churches. And they also provide a great environment for training people for ministry. Now it's your turn. What has been your experience with small groups Does your church have a small groups program? What do they call them if they do? And and what's been your experience? I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com. Leave your question or your comment in the comment section for today's post. And while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I publish three blog posts a week, and subscribing will ensure that you don't miss a single issue. Subscribing will also allow you to receive my subscribers-only newsletter that I send out once a month. You know, my book, New Testament Snapshots, is a great way to help you jumpstart your Bible study. You know, sometimes people just have trouble getting into the Bible. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were talking about how difficult it is to create a habit of, of studying the Bible. And my book, New Testament Snapshots, was written with that in mind. What I actually do is take a number of characters from the New Testament that uh, might be a little bit lesser known, and we go into a lot of detail and look at these guys and girls and, 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 and find out some things about them. So I'd encourage you to take a look at it. It's, um, it's available on my website. I'll include a link in the, in the show notes. So New Testament snapshots, a great way to jumpstart your personal Bible study. Well, now it's time for this week's productivity tip of the week. Have you ever had your phone die on you at a bad time? I mean, really, is there ever a good time for your phone to die on you? And because you're so busy, you're working, you're going, you're moving, you're doing so many things, you don't have time to plug it in. You can't just plug it into the wall and leave it because you're going, you're coming, you've got so many things going on. You've got things to do, you've got messages to send, you've got a status update on Facebook. Well, maybe it's time for you to invest in a portable charger. I'm including a link in the show notes so you can check out some of these on Amazon as you can see they are small they are inexpensive and they really work when you need to keep your phone charged i've gotten to where i usually have one of these with me for that that inopportune time when my phone is about to die or my ipad's about to die i can plug it in and get either a full or a partial charge all you have to do is plug it into the wall the little charger into the wall ahead of time and it acts like is a battery then all you have to do is once it's fully charged when your phone's about to die Plug your phone into it, and within minutes, you've got a full charge. So I encourage you to check it out. Now, as we close, can I ask you for just a small favor? Would you take just a moment and go to iTunes and give Leading and Learning a review? Your reviews help us get our content content to a larger audience of people who are just like you. So until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.